Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Well, welcome to another episode of the Make Disciples podcast. My name is Dan Rober, and joining me in, uh, well, not our podcast studio, in our sanctuary for this live podcast recording is Senior Pastor David McNeely. Good to have you here, David. Good to be here. Yeah, and good to have you all here with us as well, as we're going to talk about uh, this fourth part of the gospel that we want to focus on, what happens to us. We use this phrase, we get it all, and that's a very succinct way to put it, but when you start getting into the theological issues, it gets a lot more complicated. That's a a nice way to put it. In fact, we use a word within theological circles called eschatology. Eschatology, the study of the last things, what's coming, what's going to happen, and it's a theological term that evokes many perspectives. (laughs) Someone once said it this way, the only thing more scary than reading the book of Revelation is trying to read all the books that seek to interpret the book of Revelation because it is very difficult to understand everything that's going on here. So we want to touch on this, but just a little bit. A basic element of eschatology is what happens for us as believers. When we talk about this idea of the consummation or the restoration, it's frequently the least discussed of the four aspects of the Gospels. And so it leads to, and here's another theological term, the squishiness of understanding. <laughs> we don't really understand what's going on here, necessarily. So, um, well, well, let's start with the term that's familiar to all of us, and yet frequently misunderstood, heaven. David, when we talk about heaven, what do we mean, and how does it fit with this whole story of the gospel? So having two things, and by the way, this is one of my favorite quotes from uh, Shakespeare, but I have to read it to you because I haven't memorized it. Uh, he describes it as the undiscovered country from whom no, uh, from whose born no traveler returns. That's from uh, Hamlet. And when we think about heaven, it's, it's sort of um, ethereal to us, but there's really two things. Heaven, first of all, is the, the resting place or the, the current place, if you will, of all of the heavenly beings. So God himself is presently there. Scripture writers refer to it as up. Uh, We don't know. It could be in another dimension. Just don't know exactly. But it's where God's presence is for sure, as well as as the other celestial beings. And then it's also the place in which we will once, at some point when Christ returns, we will go Mm -hmm. and uh, we will be. So that's um, that's the basic uh, David McNeely definition. Yeah. And it's important to distinguish what we know from what we don't know, because heaven has a habit of evoking images, uh, like sitting on a cloud and playing a harp or something like that. Or uh, perhaps you saw that 90s movie with Robin Williams, What Dreams May Come, this long-form extended vision of what heaven was like. We don't really know. We have images, we have guesses about it, and and the Bible gestures in the direction of what it's going to be like, but ultimately, you just got to be there. And so we have to wait to actually find out what it's going to be like. Is that fair? I think that's very fair. I think all those movies at some point um, fail because it's so hard for us to imagine what heaven will actually be like when we live in a fallen world, what it will be like when there is no fallenness, yes. when everything is restored as it was meant to be. I just don't think we can fathom that, of what it can actually uh, be like. Scripture says, no eye has seen, no mind has conceived, no ears heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Yeah. So heaven is one aspect <clears throat> of this consummation. Uh, 
But, but let's consider this more straightforward. We talk about the gospel as the way we get to heaven. Some people refer to the gospel as fire insurance, if you will. <laughs> Keep us out of hell, get us to heaven. But is that the point? Is that what we're trying to focus on here? Or are we missing something when we only focus on this concept? I think it's certainly a part of it. In other words, it is a destination, if you will, that has no ending to it. Um, eternity, which again, another thing that we don't quite fully understand, it has no mm. ending to it. So it's fair that we say that, but I think that we miss what is um, the thing that our souls long for the most in heaven. And I think it's what frustrates us here right now on the earth is what is going to make heaven um, so glorious um, in the future. And so there's a couple of things um, that I think about when I think of what the scriptures have to say uh, when we do that. First of all, there's going to be a bodily resurrection of us. And then our bodies are going to be transformed into that which it was originally designed to be. So uh, right now, I am 53 years old. I assure you, my body does not function as it did when I was in my 20s. Mm. And my 20s was even beginning to slow down um, in there. I long for the day in which I feel no aches, no pains. I used to wake up uh, in the morning after playing uh, you know, four and five nights of basketball, and I'm thinking, I'm a little, I'm a little sore. That was my 20s. My 30s, I would play two nights a week, and I would be much sore in the morning. And now that I'm in my 50s, I wake up in the morning, I go, man, I'm so sore, and I didn't even do anything last night <laughs> um, at all. So, so when we're going to have this bodily resurrection, and it's going to have, um, we are going to be performing um, at our maximum. Not even Isaac Montilla will be needed to fix my back, mm. not to realign me um, uh, in there. So it's, it's um, again, it's a body that we have. It's not just spiritual beings floating around. It's a bodily resurrection that we're going to have in which we're going to be able to do many of the things that Jesus did. My kids used to get so excited about this. We'd talk about maybe we're going to do what, something of what Jesus did. And you remember when Jesus passed through the walls and he just showed up with the disciples? My kids got really excited about the thought of that. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Here's what I do know. I'm not sure everything we will do with our body. Here's what I know for sure is that we are going to have bodies that function ideally, and there will be no death, there'll be no broken bones, there'll be no soreness. We will be using our bodies to its fullest extent, and I will be dunking a basketball. Mm. <laughs> and it's interesting to note that when we talk about bodily resurrection, we're, we're in good company. It's all over Scripture. In fact, the, the Bible focuses more on our bodily resurrection than it does on heaven. In fact, I, I read this challenge from one of my theology professors, a tweet or an X or whatever you're supposed to call it these days. <laughs> um, he, he said, in your Bible reading this year, mark all passages about the hope of dying and going to heaven in one color, then mark all passages on the hope of bodily resurrection another color, then adjust your evangelism teaching and preaching accordingly. His point is it actually leans much more in the direction of focusing on this idea of bodily resurrection. We talked about one of those passages, 1 Corinthians 15. Part of that was read, although my favorite part of 1 Corinthians 15 was actually left out. I, I have to read it for you because it's so good. Um, this is verses 35 in the beginning of 36. It says, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. And then you just stop there. Because Paul gives an answer to it, but it's an answer that we don't fully understand. He's saying it's something that is not exactly like it is right now, and yet it's still going to be physical. So this whole idea of walking through walls is, uh, make, makes a lot of sense. Not saying it's going to happen, 
But I'm not saying it's not going to happen either. We really don't know. I can guarantee I'm going to be dunking a basketball. That's for sure. Yeah, sure. That will happen. Well, when you lower the hoop, it's a lot easier to do it. So, yeah. Not in glory. Not in glory. (laughs) So that's the bodily resurrection. What, what about the restoration of the world as a whole? Yeah, and I think this is what makes the bodily resurrection for me even more exciting. So when you stop and think, I don't know if you've ever done any study in just the magnificence of the human body and, and what God designed it to do. It heals itself, it, it, all kinds of things. Imagine that functioning in a world where there is also no decay, where everything has also been restored, where there is perfect harmony all around. And what we will be able to design and create and build and do, um, this machine that God has given us, um, unlike any other machine, is going to be functioning in a world in which there is also no sin. So it's the restoration of all things. We don't know. There's going to be some level of continuity and some level of discontinuity. So I really believe if you're an architect or you're a builder right now, you're in construction, some of what you are building, I really believe, is going to be in heaven. Hmm. It, there's going to be some level of continuity, and then there's going to be some things that will go away. We know for sure those things that will go away is sin of any kind, and its effects of any kind is, uh, is going to go away. And so uh, living in a world where there is no sin, is that, that's what our souls are longing for the most. If I were to ask anybody here tonight, if I were to ask you, what is it that is consuming your mind the most? as it pertains to uh, things that you're concerned about, have anxiety over. I'll guarantee you, we'll go to some family member mm. that is struggling with some sort of an issue, be it emotional or physical in nature. And both those things are impacted by the spiritual nature of who we are. That which we have the greatest anxiety over, that which brings us the greatest um, depression, et cetera, that which we hit our knees and pray over have to do with those that we love the most that are struggling in some form or kind. Guess what? That all goes away. And there'll be no need any longer for us to hit our knees and say, God, will you please fix this? And will you do it today rather than tomorrow or the next year or the next year? Will you please grow my kid up? Will you please heal this disease? Will you please take away this debt? Will you do None of that will be there. Our interactions with God Um, will not be distant at all. It will be up close and personal, but there's no requests that we're going to need to make to fix anything. So everything that our souls are so deeply longing for, whether or not we are religious or irreligious, regardless of what part of the world we came from, what era of history that we came from, um, everyone is longing for the same thing. Some people call it utopia. Some people call it karma. The truth is the scriptures call it heaven. And it is a time in which we will be standing in the presence of the Almighty God who has made everything right, everything new. And then we'll just be full-time worshipers carrying out to the best of our ability that which God has given us to do. That's heaven. The way we were meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love this description, Revelation 21, and I think we're going to hear it twice tonight with this being the first reading but it's good enough to conclude this uh, podcast with. This is Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. 
Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things had passed away. Well, we're just touching on one aspect of eschatology, the end times here, but even talking about a short topic like this may bring up more questions and answers after discussion. And so I want our, all our listeners to know that you can always send questions in, send them to makedisciples at wildwoodtlh.com, and we can uh, certainly address them perhaps even on a future podcast episode. And we'll talk about other aspects of eschatology in the future including actually in a seminar that we're going to do in April, talking about how Israel fits into all of this, and especially considering uh, geopolitical events, it makes sense to talk about that. So we'll get into that. So thank you, David, for joining us for this episode. Thank you to our guests for being here for this live podcast recording. And uh, David, will you pray us out? I would, and just know that for that future podcast or uh, seminar we do, we're going to give you an exact timeline of when Christ is returning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know your Bible too well. You know, that's, <laughs> nobody's going to pull that off. I would love to close this out in prayer. Let's do that. Father, we do thank you um, that you have given us enough information um, that we really can place our hope um, in you, um, not in things turning out the way that we want them to turn out, but we place our hope solidly in you, who has all wisdom, all knowledge, all experience. We have a point of view. You have view. And so, Lord, I'm asking right now that you would fill us once again with your spirit and that you would allow us to dare to hope in that which is to come. So, Lord, give us courage, um, give us boldness um, uh, to trust in spite of what may be going on at this exact moment in time. I pray that you would take our minds, attention, you put our hearts, affections in, placed again upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, Would you give us that? Lord, thanks for the hope that we have. Um, You are that hope. So now just help us to live as if that's true. We love you. We trust you. We pray all of these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.